I'm scared that I can't take it. Ten years is what they're saying. I hear the countdown in my head. Either I suffer or pretend. That we've still got forever, it's just some crazy weather. Change the subject, make a joke, anything to keep afloat. Hello and welcome, I'm Douglas Bowles and this is 42 Minutes, a podcast about meaning from SyncBook Radio and distributed by thesyncbook.com. You can find our archives at 42minutes.com and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. It's Tuesday, February 15th, 2022, and honey, I want to rock the world with you before it splits in two, which means that we're really starting to dig into Tree Fort number 10 today. Meeting with the Smoky Brights, Tree Fort performers of many years. Fronted by husband and wife duo Kim West, keys and vocals, and Ryan Devlin, guitar and vocals, Smoky Brights is a rock band out of Seattle, Washington. The couple's entrancing bond shines through in their deeply personal co-writing as well as their ecstatic live performances. They write about their transition from young friends to life partners in their beloved city, touring in a van during the Northwest's notoriously gray winters, and being in love in a deeply uncertain world. The band most recently released its third full-length album, I Love You But Damn, on Freak Out Records, July 10th, 2020. I Love You But Damn sold out of its first pressing before the album was even released, but a second pressing of limited edition gold vinyl is available via their website, SmokeyBrights.com. And of course, the record is available to stream on all platforms. I Love You But Damn charted on KEXP's top 90.3 albums of 2020, and since then they've released two new singles this past fall, Honey Eye and Unity, to which we will link. The freakout showcase at Tree Fort was definitely one of my highlights, and so it is a great honor to be welcoming Kim and Ryan to the show today. How are you guys doing? Doing great, Douglas. Thanks for having us, man. We yeah. <laughs> so, um, Tree Fort 9 was beautiful and sunny, uh, and I saw you a million times. How many times did you guys play? We played... Three, right? Three times. Or four. Yeah. No, three was, times. I think it was three. I think it was three. Yes, we played at uh, Elkra Shrine on the Saturday night. It was so fun. We we played the Record Exchange the day we got in, which was the first live music at Record Exchange in like a year and a half. And then we played the Freak Out Showcase on Sunday, which was the hottest set of Tree Fort. Literally. Literally. The sun, was, the sun was setting right into our faces, and we were really sweaty, and it was yeah. great. Did you get sunburns from that? Were you prepared for that? Or like, I just saw you guys cooking up there. I mean, you were both, you were cooking. I mean, both figuratively and literally. Oh, yeah. Man. No, I think we were all slathered in SPF 50 or something like that. It was you know, I, I look, all, ha all hands on deck. Looking back at photos, uh, Luke, our bassist, he wore a jacket. He wore a jacket that whole set. Psycho. Which is uh, <laughs> probably to keep the sun. It was just a really light windbreaker. Yeah, it was just a windbreaker. He probably was doing better than the rest of us. I was I was dehydrated after it. I will I will say that. And so, you played a, a number of tree forts. How many times have you guys played tree fort? Can you? I want to say that was our fifth, and in March it'll be our sixth. Does that sound right? Yeah. I think that's right. It's hard to know. I mean, 
The first, the first time we played, I almost don't even count it because we didn't really get to experience the festival. We, we hadn't, you know, we'd heard it was a cool fest, but we were midway through a tour. So it was like, we cut, we came in, I think an hour before our set. And then we had to get on the road to drive something insane, like 10 hours at like seven the next morning. So the whole night we were there, you know, we'd see friends on the street of Boise and they're like, how long are you staying? Da, da, da. And we we're like, oh, we're leaving tomorrow. And everyone was like, you're doing this wrong. Why did <laughs> so yeah, but we, you know, we we'll we'll keep going back as long as we'll have us. It's just our favorite festival. It's so good. And so now I th- I don't remember when I became aware of you, whether it was through Tree Fort or KXP. Um, and I guess I didn't realize that your first album came out in 2014, and so you guys go back a while. But when when was it that you were really starting to to pop? Do you remember? that yeah yeah I mean, like we we say 2016 is like maybe when we popped into a higher gear uh like the the project started like you know all of us have lives and other projects and uh identities outside of this uh you know musical endeavor but around 2016 uh kim and i were like man you know we should just go for our our plan a here like let's just go, let's just go in and on the music thing and we both uh we went from working full time to a little more part time and really prioritizing touring um it's about that time that uh luke ragnar our current bassist joined us and he was super down to go tour um our previous members uh were just core to the foundation of smoky brights uh just we're not in a place in life where they wanted to sit in the van for months at a time. Uh, very reasonable decision for an adult. Um, but in 2016, yeah, we decided to like just hit it as hard as we could. Um, the last couple of years have been surprising, uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> less touring is what I mean. Yeah, a lot less touring. And like you even had a set back this past New Year's, I think you had a big show scheduled. Was it at the Showbox with Thunderpussy? Yeah, yeah. That's that's been rescheduled. Luckily, you know, we we had to cancel shows, but we were lucky in that most of them got to be rescheduled. So that showbox show with Thunder Pussy is actually going to happen on April 15th. So we'll just, you know, hopefully have the same party. But yeah, New Year's was a um, much more subdued, uh, you know, evening than was planned. <laughs> yeah. And then I think you have another show. You you were doing one in January that also was rescheduled at the tractor. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's been like you know there was uh, March of 2020. It was just a, you know obviously a massive wave of cancellations. Uh, we got pretty used to that, and then things really started to happen last summer. We we had a really busy summer, mostly outdoor stuff. Felt safe and awesome. A few indoor things, uh, and then. Yeah, there's this more recent Omicron uh, surge. We've 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 had to cancel about four dates um, due to that, um, which uh, bummer. But it feels like you know we're we're rounding the band here. Um, yeah, we got, we got great shows on the horizon, and I don't think they're going to be canceled. You know, well, so really- how did you feel about Tree Fort Nine safety protocols? You know, what was your experience before going there? You know, looking at the news and seeing Idaho, it's like, oh, I don't know. Uh, and then getting there, how'd you feel about all that? It was incredible. 
I gotta say, we we played we played in Boise uh, a non-festival play at the Neurolux. Um, what was it like a month before the festival? Bit month or two before the festival. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a really fun night. But there was definitely a moment in the evening where we're like, this is just going to be an unsafe evening, you know, and we're just going to take COVID tests and we get home and see what, you know, because it was like a little regional tour we did. And, you know, it was it was not um, not complying with all COVID uh, safety protocols, as it were. And we were like looking at the numbers as we were driving into Boise and being like, okay. But luckily we were all fine with that. And then the festival itself, I mean, whoa, what incredible, it it felt so safe and it's so, so intentional. You know, it was, it was not only the festival uh, promoters and staff that really had an understanding of the need to be safe. It was pretty much everyone at that festival had an understanding of if we're going to do these things safely, we got to prove that we can do these things safely. And, you know, all eyes are on live music, whether that's fair or not, you know, it's, but it's sort of like, we are, we were the first to shut down. We knew we were going to be one of the last things to come back. Um, And Treefort really had an understanding of that and the need to, to really bolster consumer confidence in live music again, to, to remember that we can do these things safely. And in fact, it's really important that we do, because this is a critical thing that if we, you know, we could lose these these cultural hubs and these artists and venues and communities if we don't support them, uh, you know, years into this pandemic. Well, so then how many days were you there for Tree Fort Nine? We were there the whole time. Like, All I think five. We, we yeah. got up on Wednesday and we left in on a Monday morning and uh, really tried to cram in as much uh, music and friend time. And the, like, the feeling was just, almost ecstatic last September at Tree Fort Nine because there were so many people that I feel so connected to that we just haven't seen, you know, our, our, our community, our little record label, Freak Out Records, our, you know, Seattle music scene, buddies from all over the place. We'd all just kind of been, you know, sitting at home and getting through, but this was the first moment where like a lot of people got to be back doing the thing that they're passionate about and Mm -hmm. that collective feeling was just like it was immense it was i mean i I don't know i had a lot of like you know hugging and crying it out with old friends just like this sucked but it's great to see you so what kind of what kind of memories do you you know like take with you forever oh there was this one (laughs) night outside of the neurolux where yes. the, they're like they have the outdoor seating area and it had just been completely taken over by just all of our friends like the entire freak out crew uh our friend anna from fruit and flowers was there from new york we had friends up from uh you know la and the bay area and there was just this moment where you know everyone's out there having beers and laughing and i, I just allowed myself to take a step back and it was like a it was like an oil painting of (laughs) joy of friends of these weirdos of these lovely humans that uh we were lucky enough to call our community and uh yeah i'll take that with me forever yep let's talk about your community a little bit so freak out records is it true that you guys were uh the first signees to uh, freak out 
Is that, did I read that or make we that were. up? It was, it was either us or acid tongue. I think it was I mean, acid right around the is, same time. Guys started the label. So <laughs> <laughs> I think technically they preceded us, but yeah, we were, we were one of the first. And I think we were definitely the first, we were the first like full length, you know, vinyl release. I think they, they had uh, done a few things digitally before that, but um, yeah. Yeah, we've been with Freak Out for a while. So who are some of the artists on Freak Out? And is it all kind of a scene or do you think it's varied in the music? Mm. Yeah, I mean, so on the roster right now is us, Acid Tongue and Shana Shepard. Um, they've released other artists over the years too, you know, Prison Bitch and lots of lots of other friends. And it is a community. Um, there isn't. It's funny because it's not like one style of artist, which is in my mind really cool. But, you know, there are labels that are more specifically one genre or subgenre of music. Um, but Freak Out is a little more widespread. Um, but the community is cohesive. Yeah, and it, it really like it, it sprung out of a music festival that Guy Keltner started and then co-founder Skylar Locatelli stepped in to help. Um, and like I, I would encourage any fan of Treefort to come to the neighborhood of Ballard in Seattle in November and cruise around the Freak Out Music Festival. This is like you'll, you'll, you'll really get a sense of uh, kind of the, the vibe, the flavor. Um, yeah, Freak Out like brings up a ton of artists from uh, like uh, Central America, Mexico, um, the UK. It's kind of got this like global psych rock and roll vibe. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. And they uh, they just started releasing music from Mala Suerte, which is a band that is comprised of part of Carry On Kids out of Mexico City, part of Acid Tongue, and then part of the Grizzled Mighty. So it's like, you know, just Grizzled Mighty, also third artist on Yes. On Freak Out Our Buds. Is I also there was a band called Monster Watch. Is that a freak out? Are they I yeah, think they, did, I, did they put out an EP for Monster Watch? Or are they they might have put out an EP. They're definitely in the in the in the scene. You know, yeah. we love Monster Watch and all the boys in it. And God, they're just what a fun show too. Oh my god. One of my favorite live bands. Whew. <laughs> With the Freak Out Fest, is it always in the fall in Ballard? And then how many days is it? It's four, three? I guess four? it's like, well, th this year we they did like a kickoff dinner unofficially on Wednesday. And then programming was all over Ballard on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So that's mm -hmm. four solid days of just, yeah, nonstop freaking out. And this is going to put you on the spot. Do, do you know the... The website for that off the top of your head. Yeah, it's the freakout, right? Let, let, I think that's right. Yeah, thefreakout.com. And uh, then the Fortunately we're yeah. on the computer, so let me <laughs> editing in real time. Well, great. Um, since we're you know going down memory lane and this is uh, the 10th tree fort, and so they had, you know, 10 years of posters. In looking back at your time with Treefort, do you have any memories or standouts, you know, in thinking back and looking at, you know, 10 years of posters that um, you want to share? God, that's a really tough question. <laughs> I feel like every every year of Freak Out is, or every year of 
Tree Fort, sorry, <laughs> different festival. <laughs> Every year of Tree Fort is, it's the, it's kind of the, the, the through line is like, it's a great reunion. You know, it's like, we will, it's just a chance to see friends that, you know, from California, New Mexico, East coast, the South, maybe outside of the U S and come in to this. I, I would argue downtown Boise is one of the best venues for a multi-venue festival because it's flat everything's within walking distance and you just get to you know just it feels like cheers you know you're just like walking down the street like oh hey oh hey oh hey <laughs> it's like it's the best it's well, I, I yeah do you have a do you have a specific well, menu right one of my just like favorite tree fort memories was we uh had toured up from Texas and along the way met up with our buds Prism Bitch from Albuquerque, New Mexico, who are simply one of the best rock and roll bands working right now. Uh, and we played a series of dates with them. It was just like, just silly, good fun. We got up to the fest, we ripped a bunch of sets. And it was one of the first years that like the freak out uh, showcase had really, uh, you know, caught some traction. And Skylar, uh, founder of Freak Out, was just like in a really good mood. And I remember like the very last night, we'd been on tour for like three weeks and we were just silly exhausted. And instead of going to bed, we went back to the artist lounge and closed it out. And Skylar <laughs> from Freak Out had, had sweet talked the bartender into just selling us entire bottles of champagne for like, <laughs> like five bucks each. So at one point it was like, you know, Smokey Brights, the Freak Out crew, the Prism Bitch crew, all just like dancing in the artist lounge as the party's closing down with like bottles of champagne in our hand. And yep. just, just I, I, it, lights, it, it, lights fully, fully on, you know, no <laughs> mood lighting to be had. It was just like overhead lighting, people coming off of the elevator, like trying to get their stuff from the artist lounge. And there's just these weirdos doing interpretive dancing. It was like, cool. <laughs> we were those people. And uh, we were those people. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk a little bit about your formation and your sound. Um, so with the core of the band that you spoke of earlier, you all worked at the same pizza joint. Is that true? Three out of four. Yeah. And originally four out of five. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you know, many a year ago, uh, we worked at this pizza restaurant in South Seattle called Tutabella. Uh, and that's where Kim and I met. We didn't start dating. Uh, so the band precedes the relationship. Mm, no, the, the relationship, relationship precedes the band. Yeah, yeah. No. We, uh, but we became, but the friendships precedes the relationship and the band. If that makes sense. Yeah, like we became, we all became buddies working at a pizza restaurant. Uh, you know, a, maybe a year after we were done working at the restaurant, Kim and I ran into each other at a bar and had a moment where we we're like, "Oh, you're single now? Oh, okay." Uh, <laughs> And we started dating that turned out great. Uh, and yeah, maybe a year, year and a half into Kim and I dating, I was like, I'm thinking about starting this band. And like, what do you think about like 
Nick drumming and our buddy Jim that also works at the pizza place playing bass. Um, and Emma's like, yeah, like that, that should happen. Um, and our original guitarist, this guy, Michael Kalanoki, incredible guitarist, uh, lives in Texas now. Um, he played in a punk band called What What Now that I just uh, adored, still adore. Um, so it was just like all buds, um, all buds that worked at a pizza restaurant for the most part. <laughs> well, so your sound is so listenable. I don't know what it is, but it just, there's something, um, it, it's not work. It just, it, it flows over you. Um, and so I have yeah. to I have to establish how like what is it what is the magic that you guys I mean part of it is the the disco shimmer keyboard that happens every now and again but um <laughs> I maybe to establish the kind of music that was playing in your childhoods do you think if I were to say your parents were born in the 50s and they're listening to like ABBA and Fleetwood Mac and the Bee Gees does that feel in the in the ballpark or I mean, for Ryan's parents, yes. Yeah. My, my, my parents, parents born, born in the 60s, my young parents. Yeah, you have young parents. I have older parents who were overseas for the entirety of the 80s. So <laughs> they're a little they're a little more out of touch. Um, but yeah, it's you know, I think I think for all of our all of our listening backgrounds, everyone in the band it was really melody based music that's something that's really important to us is a strong melody good harmonies and a solid rhythmic foundation to build on top of it yeah I, I think like the the music you grew up with is like yeah absolutely uh formative and like one thing not to be uh undervalued in in my youth was my dad is a commercial airline pilot and he bought a jukebox like a 1954 jukebox uh, from another pilot he was working with. And he, I think he paid him a couple hundred bucks in his watch and he threw the jukebox in his truck and he drove it back to Seattle. And I grew up with this thing just spinning, you know, Beatles and Rolling Stones and like, you know, Elvis and a lot of 50 stuff and Dwayne Eddy. And uh, so like the, the idea of just like a single song, uh, you know, the everything in a jukebox is of, of a certain pop song length, and uh, you know they only stay in the jukebox if they're like, wow, that's that song's awesome. So that was always like my benchmark and maybe my first love of, you know, where I discovered pop pop music in a way. Interesting, yeah. Um, so that I I heard someone compare you to Fleetwood Mac. I don't know that I would go there, uh, but definitely. There, well, let's talk about the bassist and the drummer a little bit, because I think that is part of the magic for sure. And so who, yeah. who are those guys? And then, um, you know, what are they doing to create such a foundation for all the melodies that you guys are showcasing? Yeah. Uh, baby, you want? Sure. Yeah. Um, so Nick is Nick is our original drummer. Um, we've been friends with him for a really long time. He comes from a family of... Um, just amazing musicians. Like his sister is an opera singer in Russia. His brother has perfect pitch and, and like concert pianist can tune a piano from ear. And Nick is just an insanely good drummer who's just got such a good sense of rhythm and uh, just support, you know, and he's not going to be overly flashy. He's going to do what the song needs. 
Um, and similarly, Luke, our bassist, he had been a friend um, for a while. We knew him through the Seattle music scene. He was the music director for this New Year's Eve sort of live karaoke night that would happen. Um, and so we sort of started working with him that way and became familiar with him that way. And then when we were looking for somebody who was going to sort of round out the new lineup for Smokies, we needed somebody who was a first and foremost, a bassist and a good one, um, B could sing and support and bring harmonies. Cause that was, you know, something that we were already doing and looking to bolster was more three-part harmony, um, in the band and could work with our drummer, you know, because those two need to lock in together. They need to have almost a different language that they are speaking that we can listen in on and, you know, sort of accent, but they need to sort of be on the same page. Um, and it's just worked out really well, you know, to have, and it's also been nice to have a sort of a four part, four person pod, you know, it's easier to travel, easier to tour, all of those things. Um, so it's just been really nice to have this sort of bedrock foundation of rhythm underneath us. You know, I'm never concerned in a show that we're not going to have a solid groove. That's always going to be the case. And then I can just embellish and flourish on top of that, you know, but without that foundation there, it's kind of hard to build the house up. Yeah, we're, we're crazy, crazy lucky to have Nick Krivchania and Luke Ragnar as our rhythm section. Um, you know, there's a, uh, people say you're only as good as your rhythm section. And I think that's absolutely true. That's the part people are moving to. Uh, and yeah, we want to get people moving. Well, so I saw on your Facebook page that I don't know which, which one it was, but one of them crashed in a snowboard accident. Is, is he okay? And, and is he <laughs> back in action or is it still? That's so, our drummer. <laughs> yeah, Nick, our drummer, uh, had a snowboard accident. He fractured his pelvis in three places. Uh, he is currently recovering though. We had a, we talked on the phone for a really long time yesterday and he's just like recovering at a, uh, seemingly superhuman pace. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's really, he's really fit. He's definitely the fittest of all of us. So it was like, if anyone was going to have an injury to recover from my, you know, that would, my, my money's on Nick to be the one to recover quickly. <laughs> so there's a, there's a strong possibility he'll be back by tree fort and that might be the first show back if if he cannot do that we are fortunate enough to have uh our buddy james squires who often plays with uh acid tongue or shana shepherd and a bunch of other artists here in seattle um he is learning up the the, the songs too but yeah hopefully hopefully nick will be recovered pretty quick is shana shepherd on freak out too he is yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of great Seattle artists that I'm looking forward to seeing again at Tree Fort. Um, 2020, you release I Love You But Damn, um, and it, it does all the things that it does, which is great. Um, but since then, you've released a couple singles. Now, is this a new strategy? or So you had two singles last fall. Do you think you're going to put out singles or are you going to be in, you know, so what's the strategy here? Well, we, we just finished recording uh, another set of songs. So we, the pandemic has been obviously a 
huge bummer on the touring side, but we've been so lucky to still, everyone in the band prioritized Smokies as, you know, we were just seeing each other and we saw each other every week and we kept working and we kept writing. So we have, we recorded another record that will come out hopefully sometime later this year. And then we are hopefully, knock on wood, going to Europe in May for a fourth rebooking of a tour that was going to be in 2020. And so we just went back into the studio and recorded, was it four more songs, Bib? Yeah, four more four songs. Four more songs. Uh, in, so that we have some additional singles to release before that tour. So we've got lots of new music on the docket. And I think, you know, the, the thought is at least getting stuff out there as singles and then probably putting together an EP prior to the full record, which we've got. So we've got just loads of new songs, which is so exciting because they are my most favorite things we've written and recorded to date. And then, so yeah, how long until you perform those live if you have stuff in the can? Do you immediately start playing those live or do you kind of have to keep them under wraps for a while? We, like, we'll probably play a lot of them live in in March at Tree Fort. Oh yeah, definitely. We, the, like, our, our usual uh, methodology is like, we'll, we'll develop a song, we'll jam it in the practice space, and then we'll start playing it live before we record it, mm. just to just to like get a sense of like audience uh, reaction and how it flows and relates to the rest of our set. So this new batch of material is kind of weird in that instead of working it out on the road, we worked it out in our practice space uh, and in in the studio. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll play them out live and we'll start dropping these singles soon, but. Um, yeah, we're not, we, 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 don't, we don't usually wait. <laughs> yeah, we're bad at keeping secrets. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You mentioned a uh, European tour. I was looking at your website, smokybrights.com, and um, you're playing Tree Fort, and then you have all these dates in Germany. Like, yes. Uh, that's exciting. How does that happen? What What's going on there? Yeah. So we're hopefully going over to Germany. You hear all my conditional language. I'm like, so, (laughs) so much, just so many things canceled over the last three years. It's like, I'm not going to say it's actually happening until I'm on the plane on my way over. Uh, Hopefully going to Germany, Austria. uh, I think we have some French date. It was a Netherlands date. French date and a Netherlands date. Um, But yeah, we, we were lucky enough to go over to Europe in 2019 um, and really had a great time, good audiences, great reception. Um, and there's such a nice infrastructure around touring over there that, you know, it's just like, it's, it's just a great opportunity. So we wanted to go back. We were, we were trying to do it, uh, in fall of 2020 to support I love you, but damn, obviously that, um, didn't happen, <laughs> but we're hoping to do that now for a month in may yeah it's it, th- this run will be mostly uh germany austria Can you, as a band you could just tour that area for a very long time because there's a venue in every town and they have yeah like kim said structure set up uh we're hopefully by fall going back uh to europe and are gonna spend more time in france and spain which i'm really excited about 
Well, so that leads me to a line of thoughts and questions that I really haven't had. But so you guys are from Seattle and you you are friendly with the great radio station there, KXP. I, I was thinking, do you think that, I mean, so it's it's a local station, but it's so international in scope, you know, like, I just wonder, does that help prepare up and coming bands for careers outside of both, you know, the Seattle area and the, you know, the whole world? Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. KXP has been such an incredible resource and we are, you know, it's like we regularly pinch ourselves that not only are they in our town, they like us mm -hmm. and they play us and they support us and they, you know, so it's, you know, we will, it is not a rare occurrence to be, in some far off place and have someone come up to me and be like, I heard you on KEXP. Mm -hmm. Cause I think it's something crazy. Like 92% of their listenership is outside of Seattle. It's just, they're so well-known, you know, we used to tour and people would say, Oh, you're from Seattle, you know, Pearl jam. And now it's, Oh, you're from Seattle, you know, KEXP. And it's yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> Not that Pearl jam isn't great. Love Pearl jam, obviously, <laughs> but <laughs> I think those go. I think those guys are going to go places. I think they're going to make it. They're fine. <laughs> the Pearl Jams. Yeah, yeah I think Pearl Jam's going to hit it. <laughs> so, um, just on as a side note, they've been doing this 50-year anniversary celebration every Wednesday. Have you guys been listening to that? And and then you know, you know, for whatever reason, for me, it's it's like it tickles me. It's like, oh, 1987 was such a great year in music. Oh, I love 1993. What the heck? Have you, yeah. have you guys been playing? Yeah. I mean, it's what an amazing perspective, you know, it's like a radio station that has been a cultural zeitgeist for, you know, at least, you know, it's, it's really kicked off. I feel like in the last 20 years, but it existed for the last 50 and, you know, have such amazing snapshots and crazy things in their, in their uh, arsenal. Like I remember a couple months ago, Marco Collins played this in studio that he had with Jeff Buckley oh, yeah, that included, that. yeah, that included like, you know, Jeff Buckley tuning and bullshitting and all these things that you wouldn't normally hear. And it was like, it was amazing. Yeah. And that was just sitting in their, you know, in their studios and they just had that to play. It was so cool. So yeah, it's, it's an amazing, amazing radio station and very cool to get little snapshots of the history every week. They they really get to do the things that you wish radio, you know, DJs, uh, music institutions got to do. Like they get to do the the big dorky dives that you know if you if you just love music, they're really satisfying. Like the International Clash Day, or like the day when they broke down Beastie Boys Paul Paul's Boutique uh, and like played every song that was sampled on it. Like no one else gets to do that and it's stupid that no one else gets to do that and that most radio is so commercial um but really thankful that we have kxp to do the cool historical big dorky dives yeah the original groove thursdays is also like dorky and super fun too where they break down you know whatever thing like the and sample yeah stuff. yeah yes <laughs> oh, so cool. yeah all right, well, let's talk about Tree Fort 10. You guys are playing Friday night at 1120 at the Olympic. It's, it's pretty late. Um, 
but I'm sure you're going to play maybe more or maybe you'll take it easy this year. Is there a plan? What's going on? Uh, definitely, a, definitely a disco nap before we, before our set. Cause... <laughs> well, well, so let's speak about that a little bit. So do you, you have, you're at work, you have a normal job, you're a lawyer, right? Uh, how do yes. you transition to your rock star night career? Do you have to train? What, what, what do you do? I know I'm old. And so like, I definitely, <laughs> those first couple late nights beat me up pretty good. Yeah, no, it's definitely some conditioning. You know, it's like when we, it's, we, we have a Smokey Brights motto. We have a lot of ridiculous mottos that we have. And one is late to bed, early to rise. And that, that is totally <laughs> our, totally our life. Cause you know, it's like, I wake up early. We all kind of wake up early, but I especially wake up early. I've got a, you know, regular day job that I, I don't work full-time typically it's mostly part-time since especially when we're touring um but yeah it's it's sort of a lot of uh we call them dirty turnarounds you know of late late the night before but you get to do something amazing and pursue your passion and your your creative career and then gotta wake up the next morning and it's like it's a price to pay but it's a pretty small price to pay to be able to do what you want to do so well worth it. Yeah. Tree Fort 10. Is there any, any, uh, hints you can give us about what to expect? An ecstatic set. It's going to be, I mean, I'm going to have trouble kind of controlling myself. I'm just going to be like, a, you know, Jack in the box, just ready to spring out. Um, so yeah, I think that Friday set is currently, what we've got going on at tree fort we're kind of scheming for some additional things and we'll you know announce them if they happen but that friday set is going to be the place to be and i think that's right when the uh main stage empties out so hopefully people just funnel yeah. up those stairs and we have you yeah definitely. Party. i think the main stage ends at like about 10 every night so yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. I would expect a really, yeah, just a rocking set. Like we, we, we can kind of, we can be sweet. We can be kind of disco-y. We can be just wild and rocking. And like, I don't, this almost like the experience of being in our houses for so long and like, you know, not, not colliding and, and meeting with other people. Uh, I, I just, I've never craved rock music and a rocking set more in my life. Uh, I'm just hungry for it. It's all I'm listening to. Uh, I love going to rock shows. So I, I think we're just kind of bringing that a lot. It's just kind of a, just a throwdown rock and roll set. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, anyone on the schedule that you're excited of your friends that we should check out or, you know, what have you, have you dug in at all or. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, obviously we recommend, uh, our buddies who are on the, on the, uh, list. It's like, you know, you've got prison bitch, you've got acetone, you've got Shayna, you've got Joshy soul, who we had the honor of seeing last year, uh, the district. I'm like, so excited to see them. Oh my God. Dude, Sam, Carolyn Rose. Uh, oh, Carolyn Rose. Has what? become an absolute favorite her stuff's so groovy and cool and fun yeah uh, i mean fruit bats is just like a you know long time favorite uh here out of the what North. an insane 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 lineup we, we were promised jetpack 
the regrets. Scotland. We were pro- yeah, we were promised jetpacks. Uh, Did you want uh, us to just list like, everyone on the lineup? Sure, because yeah. it's pretty much what we're gonna do. <laughs> oh, the muckers uh, out of Israel! Holy moly, they've they've been to Treefort before, but uh, don't 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 sleep, sleep on them. them. Uh, yeah, Lemon out of Boise, dude. I yeah. mean, we caught their set at El Cora last September, and you know what I was saying of just like I've just never craved a rock set more. Uh, they just completely satisfied that itch cool rocking stuff with you know ethereal harmonies i love that band yeah yeah Super Mexica out of uh la uh oh my like, god what a fun ooh, set they put on cumbia punk psych uh don't miss them okay yeah, yeah this is dangerous sin kane oh yeah sin kane yeah of new york uh long time fave <laughs> yeah um yeah, well, okay. that was 42 minutes. Thank you so much for sharing <laughs> with us. <laughs> yeah, we're stoked to be there just to yeah. catch music. It's the coolest thing ever. So. Yeah. You've been listening to Smoky Brights on 42 Minutes. For more information about them, visit their website, smokybrights.com. For more information about the Sync Book, our guests, and check out past shows or subscribe to the podcast, please be sure and visit our website at thesyncbook.com. If you're interested in preparing your schedule for Treefort 10, which happens March 23rd through the 27th, 2022, visit treefortmusicfest.com. If you like this podcast, check out others. It's currently all the Sync Book Radio archives are free, including 10 years of past Treefort shows. Shows. Love you, all this and more can be found at thesinkbook.com. Thanks so much, and I love you, but damn. Drove all day for a canceled show. Slept in the van, nowhere to go. At least two miles, I'll see the coast. Getting trashed, losing sleep. Gas station food to eat. Closest thing I'd ever felt to free. I love you, but damn. I love you, but damn. I guess I'll learn to love myself someday. I love you, but damn. I love you, but damn.
passed out in the backseat Dreamt of you in the dry heat I don't even know what state I'm in Lost my phone in Reno Calling from a friend Sorry if it's late 